اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم جز نمبر تھری دوز میسنجرز فضل Some of them we caused to exceed others. We preferred some messengers over other messengers. Tilka. Tilka means that. What does it mean? That. What does that mean? That it is pointing towards something. In the previous verse, what was mentioned? That وَإِنَّكَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ O Muhammad wasallam, indeed you are of the messengers. Which messengers? Allah says, those messengers, تِلْكَ rusul, Those messengers, some of whom we preferred over others. So in other words, this ayah is a continuation of the previous. This is directly connected with the previous verse. تِلْكَ rusul, A rusul is a plural of rasul. And a rusul, messengers who are sent by Allah. So those messengers... Allah tells us about the messengers that فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ We preferred some over others. فَضَّلْنَا From فَضَّلَ يُفَضِّلُ تَفْضِيلُ فَضَّدْ لَامْ And فَضْل is extra, superiority. When a person has been given something that others do not have. And فَضْل is also used for a gift. Allah says, وَاللَّهُ ذُو الْفَضْلِ الْعَظِيمِ Meaning Allah has a lot and Allah gives a lot as well. A lot of gifts, a lot of extra things to people that they don't necessarily deserve. That they don't deserve at all actually. Because if you think about it, what are we? Who are we to claim that we deserve what we have? It is the grace of Allah upon us that we have what we have. So فَضَّلَ is to give preference to one over the other. To give something to one person that has not been given to others. To give superiority to some that has not been given to others. So the messengers, Allah says that we preferred some of them over others. Meaning all of the messengers are not equal in their position, in their status, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are of various degrees, of various ranks, of various positions. How? That some Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to directly and others He did not. Some Allah gave scriptures to, but others He did not. Every messenger, every prophet did not receive a scripture, a book. It was only given to some prophets. To some prophets Allah gave very great miracles which were not given to the others. Some prophets, their da'wah was very successful. When they called their people, they accepted And others will come on the Day of Judgment with only one follower, two followers. Only a few people who believed in them. So Allah has kept differences amongst His messengers as well. فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ Allah says in Surah Bani Israel, Ayah 55, that وَلَقَدْ فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَ النَّبِيِّينَ عَلَى بَعْضٍ We have certainly preferred some prophets over others. Why is this so? Why is it that Allah gave preference to some over others? That Allah gave a special characteristic, a special quality, a special gift to one, which was not given to others. First of all, remember that it was the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the decision of Allah, so there has to be some hikmah, some reason behind it. Secondly, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept variety in all of His creation. 
If you think about it, no two individuals are the same. Even if there are twins, yet there are differences in them. Aren't there? One may be more bright, one may be more successful in their life compared to their other twin. One may be more healthy, one may have a very happy life, and the other may not. One may have very good character, and the other may not. If you look at your fingers, are they all exactly the same? No. Even the fingers of your one hand are not the same size, the same form. They vary. Likewise, trees, plants, seasons, everything is unique, everything is different. Why? Because this is what brings beauty in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If everything was the same, if everything was only black or white or brown or beige or pink or purple, one color, would there be beauty? No. Because of the colors that we see, because of the contrast that's there, because of the different textures, different materials, different tastes, different fragrances, this is what brings beauty to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what makes us appreciate the creation of Allah even more. And this in reality shows the greatness of Allah. His great knowledge, His capability. Because people, no matter how creative we are, what happens? When we do one thing, the next time we do something different, what we have done previously definitely has an effect on our actions. No matter how creative people are, yet they cannot be as creative as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever we do has been affected by something that we have seen, something that we have done previously. I remember I watched a documentary once in which they got a group of artists. Basically they were testing them as to how creative they would be. And they were driven from a particular place to the other. And on their way, there were certain signs, certain billboards, certain things that they saw in the elevator, you know, in the building, in the car, out on the street. And when they came in, each artist was given something to draw. And at the end, when they saw the results, they were so similar. They were so similar. Why? Because each artist had seen the same images, the same scenes. So it affected what they came up with. It affected their final product. So no matter what we do, we are not that creative. There is some kind of redundance in our work. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what He has created, there is so much variety in that. And this shows the perfect knowledge, the perfect ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah has kept differences in His prophets, this is not because you know one prophet was not as good compared to the other. No, all of the prophets of Allah were chosen. All of the prophets of Allah were the best of His creation. But some had something that others did not have. Allah preferred them because of their virtues over others. So فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ مِنْهُمْ Amongst them, meaning some of the messengers, some of the prophets, are those who مَنْ كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ Whom Allah spoke to. كَلَّمَ يُكَلِّمُ تَكْلِيم كَافْ لَامِيم كَلَام كَلِمَ Word, statement. And كَلَّمَ He spoke. There were some messengers to whom Allah spoke to. How? Directly. Such that those prophets heard Allah. Not that Allah sent a message to them through an angel, but that Allah spoke to them directly. Can you think of any messenger who was spoken to directly without any intermediary in the middle? Musa alayhi salam. 
Because Allah says that very clearly in the Quran. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا Allah spoke to Musa directly. Nudiya, Musa was called. And Ya Musa, that O Musa. Musa had a conversation with Allah at the Mount Tur. Likewise, Muhammad when he went for Mi'raj, the journey of Mi'raj, Allah also spoke to him directly. Because remember at a particular point, Angel Jibreel said, I cannot go beyond this. If I try to go, I will burn. So you can only go. Only you have the permission to go. And when he went, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Muhammad directly. So minhum man kallam Allah. Amongst them are messengers whom Allah spoke to directly without anyone in the middle. And this was a special gift that Allah gave to some messengers. وَرَفَعَ And he raised, رَفَعَيْن He raised بَعْضَهُمْ Some of them, meaning some of the messengers, he raised them in what? In دَرَجَاتٍ In ranks, in position. Some other messengers, Allah elevated them in their darajat. Darajat is a plural of darajah. And what is darajah? A rank, a position, degree, dal, ra, jim. We have done this word earlier. So some messengers were raised above others in degrees. In this world and also in the hereafter. And this is very clear from the hadith about the Isra journey. When the Prophet ﷺ went for Isra, when he ascended the heavens one after the other, he met a different prophet at each heaven. Ibrahim ﷺ was in the seventh heaven, Musa ﷺ in the sixth, Harun ﷺ in the fifth, Idris ﷺ in the fourth, and so on and so forth. So every messenger was placed at a different heaven. So what does it show? That the darajat of the prophets vary. They are not all the same. They are different in their darajat. And in many ways in this world also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevated some over others in their darajat. For example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How did he have a very high darajat compared to the rest of the prophets? That first of all, he was sent not just to some people, not just to his nation, his local people, but rather he was sent to who? All of humanity. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا All of mankind. Entirely. He was sent... To all of the people. But we know that, for example, Musa salam, he was sent as a messenger to who? Bani Israel. Isa salam, was a messenger to who? Bani Israel. Dawood salam, a messenger to who? Bani Israel. So every messenger was sent to his community, but Muhammad salam, was given a darajah greater that he was sent to all of mankind. Likewise, we see that Muhammad salam, he was a seal of the prophets the final prophet, after whom no prophet was going to come. So he accomplished what you could say other prophets could not accomplish. How? That when he was there, the deen was established. The previous nations, when they rejected their prophets, when they disbelieved in them, what happened? Their nations were punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What happened to the people of Nuh alayhi salam? What happened to the people of Lut to the people of Ibrahim Their nations were destroyed. The people were finished when they disbelieved in their messengers. But when it came to the nation of Muhammad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just did not destroy the people. Rather, He made the deen established. He completed it, He perfected it, no matter what the opposition was. He perfected it. 
And yes, those who disbelieved, they were punished as well at the hands of those who believed. But the point that I'm making over here is that Muhammad ﷺ was successful as a prophet the way other prophets were not. He was successful as a prophet the way others were not. Because he received the ayah that الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ Today I have completed perfected my religion for you. وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي And I perfected my blessing upon you. I've completed it for you. So he received that ayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the mission is complete. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ The fatih came, the victory came. So he was given a darajah that others were not given. Likewise, we see that in the hereafter, بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ he will have wasila, which is the highest rank in Jannah. Highest rank in Jannah that will be given to only one slave of Allah. Only one servant of Allah. You know Jannatul Firdaus, many servants of Allah can go there. People on the day of judgment, the seven types of people under the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many can be there. But when it comes to the darajah of wasila, it will only be given to one individual. One person, one abd of Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ said that, وَأَرْجُو أَنْ أَكُونَ أَنَهُ And I hope that that will be me. I hope that I will be given that status, that great position. In a hadith we learn that the Prophet ﷺ said, when you hear the mu'adhin giving the adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, sometimes we're in the masjid and we hear the adhan live. I'm not talking about the adhan that goes up from your phone or from some alarm clock in your home. No. When it comes to live adhan. So when you hear the mu'adhin, then reply to him in the same way as he has said. So when the mu'adhin says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, what should we say? The same. Okay, when he says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, what should we say? The same. When he says, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, same thing. But when he says, Hayya ala salah, then, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. Hayya ala al-falah, same thing. So he said that reply to him in the same way as he has said. And afterwards, meaning after the Mu'addin completes his adhan, then send salawat upon me. What do we do at that time typically? We're talking. Or we just sit there staring, lost in our thoughts. The Prophet ﷺ said, send salawat upon me. Say, Allahumma salli wa sallim ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammad. Send salawat and salam upon the Prophet ﷺ after the adhan. He said that for whoever sends salat unto me, Allah will shower him ten times with his mercy. Ten times with his mercy. And after that, after saying the salat and salam upon the Prophet ﷺ, ask Allah to grant me al-wasilah. And the Masnoon Dua, which we are to say after the Adhan, that mentions this, that, O oh Allah, give the Prophet ﷺ the wasila. It is a stage in Jannah which is reserved for only one person, and I hope that it is me. And whoever asks Allah to grant me wasila, I will intercede for him on the Day of Judgment. So, فَضَّلَّا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ مِنْهُمْ مَنْ كَلَّمَ اللَّهِ وَرَفَعَ بَعْضَهُمْ it will be given to only one individual. All of the prophets cannot be there. But this does not mean that just because Allah gave a special rank or a special quality to a prophet, we dismiss the rest of them. Or we disrespect the rest of them. Or we think that they're not that important. No. 
Every prophet of Allah was a great man, was a great servant. Every prophet of Allah. Yes, they were different in their positions, but every prophet of Allah deserves that we respect him. And it is not allowed for us that we start comparing the prophets. And we say, oh, look, this one is greater and this one is lesser. This one is better than him. And no, this one is better than him. No, this is not allowed for us. Because once what happened was that, this is mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim, that once a Muslim man and a Jewish man, they were both having an argument. Whatever the argument it was, we don't know. But they were having an argument. And in the argument, the Jewish man, he swore an oath. And he said, by him who gave Musa superiority over all human beings. Meaning by Allah, the one who gave Musa superiority over all human beings. Now that Muslim man, he got very furious. He said, how dare you say that? And he slapped him across the face. He was so angry. And he said, over Muhammad too, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. meaning you're saying that Allah gave superiority to Musa alayhi over Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam even? Oh you evil one, how could you say that? Because what he meant was that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the best of all the people. His daraja is the greatest, is the highest amongst all human beings. So that Jewish man, he got offended and he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What does it show? He trusted Muhammad ﷺ even though he didn't believe in him. He went to him to complain. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard the complaint, he said, لا تفضلوني على الأنبياء Do not give me superiority above the prophets. Don't say that I am the best and the others are not. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Because the people will become unconscious on the day of resurrection and I will be the first to be resurrected. And when I will be resurrected, I will see Musa holding on to the pillar of Allah's arsh. And I do not know whether he was resurrected before me or that he survived the entire period when all of the creation was unconscious. So, Yes, Muhammad ﷺ had some darajat over Musa ﷺ, but Musa ﷺ also had his own kind of darajat. So the point that I'm making over here is that yes, Allah has kept differences amongst the prophets, but it does not mean that we dismiss others or that we begin to compare them, and especially in cases of dispute and argument. This is something that's not permissible. So we are only human beings. We are the creation of Allah. And it's not up to us to decide who is better and who is not. Allah has kept these differences and He is best aware of who is at the highest level. He is best aware. So we accept this, that وَرَفَعَ بَعْضَهُمْ darajat. Allah did elevate some over others. He gave some certain miracles that He did not give to others. Some had more followers compared to others. Some were more successful in their mission compared to others. وَآتَيْنَا And we gave Isa, Isa السلام, ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam. Isa salam, almost every time that he's mentioned in the Qur'an, what is mentioned along with his name? Ibn Maryam. Isa ibn Maryam. Isa son of Maryam. Because he's not the son of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is he the son of? Maryam. So Allah gave to Isa, the son of Maryam, al-bayyinat, the clear signs, the clear evidences. Bayyinat is a plural of? Bayyinah, bayyanun. And bayyinah is a clear evidence, clear proof. A clear sign. 
something that proves the correctness of something. Have the Arabic in front of you. If you don't see the Arabic, how will you understand the text? Don't fold your juz and hide the Arabic away. Okay? So, Isa was given clear evidences. What are these clear evidences that he was given? Clear evidences that proved his prophethood. That proved the fact that he was indeed a messenger of Allah. What was he given? Now you tell me, what was he given? What miracles was he given? He would make a bird out of clay and he would blow ruh into it. So the bird would come alive by the idhan of Allah. What else? He would heal those who were sick. What kind of sick? For example, the leper. Likewise, someone who was born blind. Different things he could do, different miracles he performed. And all of these pointed to the fact that he was indeed a messenger of Allah. Now if you think about it, the miracles that he was given, for example, raising the dead. A person is dead. He is dead. There's no life in him. And Isa would bring him to life by the idhan of Allah. Now this is something amazing. Amazing. Was a similar miracle given to Musa alayhi salam? No. Was it given to Nuh alayhi salam? No. Ibrahim alayhi salam? No. It was only given to Isa alayhi salam, right? So this shows how Allah preferred him over others in giving that miracle, in giving that daraja. وَأَيَّدْنَاهُ And we strengthened him, we aided him. Meaning Isa alayhi salam was aided بِرُوحِ Qudus With the pure spirit. Ayyada yu'ayyidu ta'yid. Hamza ya dal. Ayyada yu'ayyidu ta'yid is to help, to assist someone, to add to their strength. That they have some capability, but they don't have enough strength. So you add to their strength. You assist them. So Allah helped Isa salam through who? Through ruh al-Qudus. What is ruh? Rawawha. Spirit. Soul. But the word ruh is not just used for the spirit, but it's also used for a being. And the word ruh is also used for revelation. So three meanings of the word ruh. First of all, spirit. Secondly, being. And thirdly, revelation. What does the word qudus mean? Qudus from Qaf Dal Sin, we have done nuqaddisu earlier. Wa the angel said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it mean? Pure. So, Ruhul Qudus, the pure spirit. What does it mean by this? That Isa was helped through the pure spirit? Some have said that what this means is that the Ruh of Isa meaning his spirit, was pure in itself. That he was not inclined to disobeying. You know, some people, they're so nice. Even in the most frustrating situations, they're smiling. Even in the most difficult situations, they are happy. And other people, they just need a reason to be upset. They just need a reason to be angry, to get stressed out. So people differ in their nature. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given Isa salam such a nature, such a disposition that was very pure. He was always inclined towards righteousness, towards goodness. This is the reason why he was not harsh and rude and rebellious towards his mother. Characteristics are mentioned in Surah Maryam as well, in great detail. Walam akun jabbarun I am not jabbar or asi. Jabbar meaning someone who oppresses others, and asi meaning one who is disobedient to Allah. He was naturally inclined towards doing good, so Allah helped him with that. You know, some people they have a lot of 
difficulty in controlling themselves. They're always controlling themselves. They're like, I have to stop myself from listening to music. I have to stop my tongue from saying such and such. I have to stop my mind from thinking such and such. And other people, they don't have that problem at all. They don't have that issue at all. It's easy for them. It's not a problem for them. There's music. They have no interest in it. Bad words don't even come to their mind. No matter what anybody says to them, they're like, yeah, okay, sure, why not? So people are different in their nature. And if a person has to struggle with his own self a lot, then it becomes difficult for him to deal with external situations. And if a person is content on the inside, he doesn't have too many personal challenges, too many personal issues, then he can worry about greater things. So Isa salam, he had a great mission. So Allah helped him with a pure soul. Another meaning of Ruh al-Qudus over here is Jibril. Because the word Ruh, like I told you, it's also used for being. And in the Qur'an in particular, the word Ruh is used for Jibril over and over again. تَنَزَّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحُ فِيهَا بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهِمْ مِنْ كُلِّ أَمْرٍ So Ruh refers to who? Angel Jibril. Likewise, نَزَلَ بِهِ الْرُوحُ Amin. The Qur'an, it was brought down by who? The Ruhul Amin. It refers to Angel Jibreel. So what this means is that Allah helped Isa salam throughout his mission with who? Jibreel. Can you think of an incident when Jibreel helped Isa salam? When people were about to capture him and kill him, Jibreel is the one who came and informed him and by the permission of Allah, lifted him up. So, أَيَّدْنَاهُ بِرُوحِ الْقُدُسِ Isa a.s. faced a lot of challenges throughout his mission. A lot of difficulties at the hands of Bani Israel. And when he was facing all that opposition, Jibreel is the one who looked after him. Jibreel is the one who protected him. This is just like the Prophet ﷺ when people would be coming to kill him. Like once he was sitting, resting against a wall, and the people were going to go up and throw a huge boulder on him so that he could die there. And Jibreel came and told him, leave. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped Isa salam through Jibreel as well. But the question is, why is Jibreel called Ruh al-Qudus? The pure spirit. Why is he called pure? Because Jibreel is who? An angel. And angels don't sin. Simple. They're pure. They're righteous. They don't have that desire to sin, to disobey Allah. They're pure in their nature. Another reason why Jibreel is called Qudus is because he brought that through which we purify ourselves. Jibreel is the one who brought revelation to the prophets of Allah. And with that revelation, the people purified their hearts. They purified their actions. So, وَأَيَّدْنَاهُ بِرُوحِ Qudus. We strengthened him with... The pure spirit. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهِ And if Allah willed, مَا not اِقْتَتَلَ He would have fought. اِقْتَتَلَ From the root letters قَافْ تَالَامْ قَتْل is to kill. And اِقْتَتَلَ Is when two or more people are trying to kill one another. They're fighting with each other. Combat. So if Allah wanted, مَا قُتَتَلَ He would not have fought. They would not have fought against each other. Who? Who would not have fought with each other? Alladina, those people who mimbardihim after them. After who? After the prophets. 
Meaning, when Allah sent prophets to mankind, and each prophet was distinct in his position in the sight of Allah, in his rank, he had special qualities, special gifts that Allah had given him. So each messenger, when he came, there were those who believed in him, and there were those who disbelieved in him. When the messenger was there, or even when the messenger was gone, what happened to the people afterwards? Did they not fight with each other? Were there no religious wars? Of course, there have always been religious wars. You look at history, and what do people say? Religion is the root of all evil. This is what people say. It's because of religion that people have had so many wars, so many conflicts. If there was no religion, people would be all fine. But this is not true. Because how religious are people today? How religious are they today? Not that much. Many people, even if they claim to have religion, don't really observe it. But are people 100% fine? No, there's still so many conflicts. So religion was just an excuse. So anyway, the people after the messengers, they fought with one another. Why? Because of the differences that they had. Some believed, others did not. Some followed the messengers and others did not. Take the example of Isa salam. There were those people who believed in him. And there were those people who did not believe in him. After Isa salam was gone, what happened? Those who believed in him, the disciples, were they persecuted? Yes. Are you familiar with the story of the boy and the king? It is said that the monk to whom that boy would go to was actually a Christian monk. Someone who had believed in Isa salam. But he was in hiding. Because he knew that if he came out, or if he showed his practices and beliefs to others, he would be finished. And that's exactly what happened. The king had him killed. And every person who believed in that boy was also killed. There were trenches that were dug, fire was lit in those trenches, and any person who believed in Allah, who believed in Isa was thrown into that trench. Burnt alive. So, there was a lot of conflict between people after the messengers had come. But was this because the truth was unclear? Meaning, why is it that so many people disbelieved? When the messenger came, he brought the truth. Why didn't every single person believe in the messenger? Why is it so? Because Allah says, After the clear proofs had come to them. After clear proofs had come to them. Meaning, it wasn't that the people were disbelieving or fighting with the believers because the truth was unclear to them. No. They knew what the truth was, but they did not want to accept it. This is just like, we know we should pray, but sometimes, what do we say? I don't feel like praying. I don't want to pray. We know that we should recite Quran, but what do we say? I don't want to. We know that we should listen to our parents, but what do we say? We don't want to. We know that we should not consume haram, we should not take interest, we should not take riba, but what do we say? Oh, I have to. I can't do without it. We have a list of reasons. Is the truth not clear to us? It is. But yet, people choose to disobey. People choose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yesterday was mentioned that out of a thousand people, 999 will go to hellfire because the majority of the people disobeys Allah, disbelieves. So this is exactly what happened. Allah made the truth clear to the people, but yet they did not want to accept. And as a result, there were so many conflicts. 
throughout history over the name of religion. Take the example of the Ummah of Muhammad At the time of the Prophet himself, what happened? Was the truth not clear? It was clear. Did Abu Jahl not know that he was a messenger? Did Abu Lahab did not know that he was a messenger? Yes. But they did not accept. Yet they persecuted the believers. So Allah tells us over here that if He wanted, He would not have allowed the people to fight with one another at all once the truth became clear to them. How? That Allah would not give the people the ability to fight. Or Allah would force the people to accept the truth. Because when is it that people fight? When they have differences. When people are united, when they have the same faith, same practices, same beliefs, then there is less conflict. So in other words, Allah could have forced guidance upon mankind. People would not have a choice. Like for example, if a person ever dared to disobey Allah, immediately he would finish. Immediately his nose would become 10 feet long. Then obviously nobody would disobey Allah, right? Allah could have forced us. But is this the way of Allah? This is not the way of Allah. Allah has sent the truth through the messengers. He has made the truth very clear through the bayinat. And at the end, He has left the choice to who? To us. That we make the decision ourselves. We choose to obey or we choose to disobey. But at the end, Allah will recompense every person accordingly. So, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا قُتَتَلَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ Allah gave people freedom. So as a result, وَلَكِنْ بَتْ اِخْتَلَفُوا The people differed. خَالَمْفَ People differed with each other. فَمِنْهُمْ So among them were those who مَنْ آمَنَ Those who believed. وَمِنْهُمْ And among them were مَنْ كَفَرَ Those who disbelieved. People differed. They had the choice. Some believed and others disbelieved. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ Allah repeats that if Allah wanted, مَا They would not have fought. Still, even though there were some who believed and others disbelieved, still Allah would not have given them the ability to fight with each other. That sometimes it happens that people have many differences, but yet they are tolerant. People may have very differences, but yet they are tolerant to each other. There are some sisters who have shared that when they accepted Islam, their families were very okay with their choice, with their decision. They were actually supportive. They were like, yes, it's your decision, it's up to you. And others, they faced a lot of opposition from their families. So if Allah wanted, He could have done this. That people, despite their differences, would be tolerant. They would be forced to tolerate each other. They would not fight with one another at all. But, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ But Allah يَفْعَلُوا He does مَا يُرِيدُ Whatever He intends. يُرِيد from irada. Rawaudal intention. Allah does whatever He wants. So in other words, whatever that has happened so far, has happened with the will, the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why is this mentioned over here? In the previous verses we learned about which battle? Talut and Jalut. How the Bani Israel were persecuted and how they took revenge and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them victory. So we see battle after battle in history. In the name of religion. You look at the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, what do you learn about? What do you learn about? The battles, right? You learn about Islamic history, what do you study? Battles. And you wonder, did people do anything else but fighting? 
They did many other things, but we remember the fight because they disturb us. So anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us over here the reason. Why is it that people fought with one another so much over religion? What was the reason? The conflicts that they had. The differences that they had. And Allah allowed for those differences to exist. Why? Because this life is a test. If you did not differ with anyone at all, if everyone agreed with you, everything was the way you wanted it to be, then life would be pretty boring. It would be. Because when we are challenged, then what happens? We think, we use our mind, we research. Sometimes the best in us comes out and sometimes the worst of us comes out. So this life is a test and Allah is testing us that what do we do in different situations? This is the reason why we have conflicts and differences within the home, between a husband and wife, between parents and children, between a person and their in-laws, okay? between a person and their relatives. Okay? Likewise, people have differences at their workplace, in their school, outside in the street, with strangers, with friends, with acquaintances, whoever. People have conflicts, differences. And this is because Allah is testing us that what do we do in different situations? Because Allah could have done such that there would be no conflicts at all in our lives. But Allah deliberately allowed for those conflicts to exist. So there has to be a reason. And what is that reason? A test. You know, sometimes people ask that, why can't my life be so good the way other people's lives are so good? Why can't I have a very perfect married life the way others have. Why did this have to happen to me? People wonder, right? That why is it that I'm always having a conflict with my husband? Why is it that I'm constantly having problems with the people at work? Why can't things be just fine for me? Do you ever wonder like that? Have you ever experienced something like that? That why can't my brother be just okay with me? Why do I always end up arguing with him? And my children, why don't they just listen to me? Why? What's the reason now? It's a test. Allah is testing you that how do you behave? What do you do in this situation? And it's a constant reminder that this life is temporary. 